At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you on this lovely, lovely morning. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, as always. We're going to talk about video game stocks. We're going to talk about AMC. Uh, we'll see how far that gets us. <laughs> um, we have a new guest on the show today. I am very excited because we were having a great conversation last week about the video game sector and so i reached out to this person jp lee he is a product manager at van Eck. he's one of the people behind their espo etf and uh i basically said hey jp what's going on with uh, video game stocks come on and talk about it so that's what he's going to do at 835 today so very excited for that he's got some really good uh, analysis and thoughts on that space as always smash the like button hit subscribe do all that good stuff and let's bring it to joel now and bring up his charts and find out how we're doing this morning very very quiet out there Taking it back to the 1950s with <laughs> Elmer Fudd. I even knew who that was. We, we all knew who that was. No, I don't. Do they play the Looney I don't think the Looney Tunes aren't politically they probably can't, anymore. They, they don't probably, even play that stuff anymore. Yeah, because it's probably not socially acceptable. No, it's not socially accepted anymore. Bugs Bunny is evil. Okay. They My just favorite. mean. Space Jam is out in the theaters right now. That's a Looney Tunes oh, is movie. Has Bugs Bunny been taken out of it? No. Okay. I don't know. I'm okay. That's Road a Runner, though. I mean, I don't think they do Road Runner anymore. Are they too violent? I was taking out the violence. You know, we can have video games. You know, like oh uh, yeah, blow people yeah, up. Yeah, blow people away. But we can't have the you know the wily e. coyote getting hit with rocks and stuff right. because both, it makes sense. But anyways, to, why we went on a bad tangent. Both you need to get off my lawn. Let's go back to the charts. Okay. Uh, on the downside, interday low from yesterday, also uh, fri- uh, Friday's low, boom, 44.16. That's all I'm going to give you. That's it on the downside, then double top on the upside. That's it. That's all you got to look at. Chop, chop in between. Let's see if we can break out or break down. Most likely we'll break out. Crewed up a buck 53 or a buck 15 after that shellacking yesterday, 67.63. Gold goes down a hundred bucks in two days, up seven twenty today. Whoopee at seven thirty-three eighty. Silver back in the twenty-three handle. That's up sixteen point six cents at twenty-three forty-three and a half. A uh, Bitcoin just about. I got half of that move back, at least according to my charts. Now pulling back just a tad, down seven hundred thirty-five dollars at forty-five two ninety. And Ethereum, who led the way up. Holding up on the way down, down thirty dollars and twenty-five cents at thirty-one twenty-seven and a quarter. Okay, so let's talk about this. Did any of you besides me watch the AMC or listen to the AMC earnings call last night? Because we streamed it here uh, on, on our channel, and it was 
it was a marathon. You know, some of these earnings calls are like, you know, a half hour. GameStop didn't take any questions. So theirs was like, was like 15 minutes, right? This one went over an hour. Wow. It was it was like an hour and 15 minutes. And it had like a solid half hour. Wait, this was funny. They, they did like a, like a half hour of Q&A, right? But the mm-hmm. Q&A was all from uh, like retail investors. And they let one analyst ask a question at the end from some guy from Oppenheimer. They he don't want one, the analyst. He got there. one question. The, the very last thing. They're like, what okay. was the analyst question? Okay. I don't even remember it. They're, they're like, all right, we have time for one question. We're, we're going to go to so-and-so Oppenheimer. The <laughs> yeah, they don't like analysts. The All the analysts have $2 price targets on the stock, so they don't like any of the analysts. So they want to hear it to the moon. It's very funny. Anyway, uh, AMC, to the extent that the numbers matter, the numbers were better than the low bar. They beat estimates on the top and the bottom line. Uh, what jumped out to me, 22 million people attended AMC theaters in the first quarter. How does that compare to two years ago, pre-COVID? Q2 19, they had 97 million people. So there's still a long way to go. Sounds like a stock that should be trading at an all-time high, doesn't it? A long way to go to get back to pre-COVID attendance levels. But the call call was chock full of news. They talked about how they're buying more theaters than they previously announced. They're actually opening more theaters this year. So they're expanding that footprint, which is an interesting decision. They're going to accept Bitcoin by the end of the year for online transactions in the U.S. only. They are trying to get with sports leagues about uh, sports rights that they can you know, broadcast in the theaters, which sounds like a pretty good idea, actually. Uh, he called that the Holy Grail. They talked about, maybe teased a hypothetical partnership with GameStop, but they, then they said later on that they hadn't actually reached out to GameStop yet, but they will. Um, anyway, it was... Um, somebody suggested that on Twitter, so they're like, oh, yeah, there's a great idea. What did they suggest? <clears throat> yes. I've been mm-hmm. people on Twitter have been saying AMC and GameStop should merge. I've been yes. seeing that on my Twitter timeline. It's amazing that the CEO or the company actually addresses that. So, oh, yeah, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe we'll reach out to GameStop and or put our two ridiculously valued companies together. Look, I, I, I give the people in AMC credit because they have leaned in super hard to the virality of their stock as opposed to GameStop, who's gone the other way and gone dead silent the entire time. Uh, so I appreciate the fact that AMC is leaning into this and, and embracing it. Uh, and yeah, there was a lot of news. On the, I mean, the Bitcoin news was big. Oh, and the last thing I forgot was, if you remember last year, there was the whole kerfuffle with AMC and Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers was like, okay, screw the theaters. We are go- we're going to abandon that I- exclusivity window, and we're going to bring all of our movies to our streaming platform, HBO Max, at the same time that they go into the theaters, which is obviously bad for AMC. Uh, it was announced on the call last night that they they now have gotten they have a new deal with the Warner Brothers, so they've gotten a 45 day exclusivity window back there. So there, it's just like it always was. Now it's back to normal, where a movie premieres in the theaters for a certain amount of time, then it goes everywhere else after that. So uh, that was the big news. It was the Warner Brothers. It was the Bitcoin and uh, teasing. Maybe uh, getting with sports leagues down. Yeah, well, first of all, I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, take the other side of that coin. I mean, we've had pay per view, and one of the greatest pay per views I ever saw was Hagler Hearns, right? Now back in the day at the Michigan Theater. Yeah. But this is the way sports is going. Okay, okay? tell me, you're gonna be you're gonna be watching sports on Facebook or Zoom. Okay, with your Oculus goggles or whatever they're called. Okay, Mm -hmm. and you're going to have 50 yard line seats for five bucks. 
and you're going to be sitting there, right? And that is the way sports is going. It, it will eventually get there. Concert, like you're, yep. It's going to be. You're going to feel like you're in the stadium, like yep. the virtual, the virtual ticket. Where I'm totally on board with that too. The virtual ticket. I don't know how I went to sports from AMC, but I guess you know AMC is not getting these sporting events. <laughs> but wait, uh, I, wait, I wait, just... hold on. Can can I bring on Randy from because Randy said he watched a UFC fight at an AMC theater and it was like the best thing here he's ever done. Okay, let's. But so Randy, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? So you you said last night you watched a UFC fight at an AMC and it was like the amazing. Yeah, it was just like a whole other level. Like everyone was there for the fight. Everyone was. Wild, going crazy. It was loud. It's like there. a huge movie theater screen, right? With, yeah, yeah like, the whole know? screen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just, um, it was actually like not bad. I think they only charged like a movie ticket price. And uh, okay, yeah, so, 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 Joel, I, I think you underestimate how much fun this is going to be if it ever happens. It, it was a great time. I would definitely go back for sure. Okay, fans <laughs> like to be with other fans. I mean, you know, and if you're not going to the actual sporting event, would you go to AMC theaters and watch maybe. it? If, maybe. But I think Joe makes a good point, too, is you're going to eventually, with this virtual world that we are going into and, you know, the metaverse or talk about whatever else. But, I mean, you can see the applications to sports. You can see the applications that, you know, you're sitting in your living room and the whole arena is around you. You could see that eventually happening. But, you know, we're ways out here. You know, taking it back to AMC. Yeah, technical. None of this matters. <laughs> nothing they said on the call matters. The things trading, you know, I, you know, whatever. It nothing matters. Fundamentals are meaningless on this company. It's all story. It's owned eighty percent by retail investors. Apparently, I don't know if I've, I, I don't know if any. Well, I guess some penny stocks and stuff might be owned eighty percent, but there's not a lot of stocks that are eighty percent owned by retail investors directly. So you and usually they're not, you know, stocks that are making new highs, but it can go anywhere. If the story gets hot again, it could start to take off. The story goes cold, you know, it could start to go back down. So you can't trade this on fundamentals. You can't. I, I listen zero seconds to that earnings call. Why? Because none of it mattered. So I'm going to listen to news that is actually going to affect price where this is just going to go wherever the hell it wants to go. Random walk theory all over the place on AMC, disconnected from all reality. So there's no information that I can extract from a conference call that's actionable trading idea. And I'll that's why I give it zero seconds. And that's why when I try to analyze it, you can analyze this technically, and Joel's going to analyze it technically in one second, and that's all that matters. So give it to us, Joel. Uh, I'll give you the uh, after hours high, which is always a big target because you you know the initial euphoria took it to thirty eight twenty four, and now it's just people are short term traders are locking in some profits that just happened to dip in the last three or four days. So very important to take out the pre market high of thirty eight fourteen. This forty area, I'm gonna go wide here just because this is a crazy stock, but I think you got the thirty to forty grind coming up. Yeah, and then if you could, yeah, if you can bust above forty, catch a bid, boom. Then you know maybe you'll go to fifty. If you lose that thirty, then you'll just grind your way to twenty. So uh, of course you don't want to see it go red after being up two dollars and three cents. So I'm just going wide on that. If you got it, first target would be thirty-eight twenty-four, and then forty bucks is important. That's really all the. Uh, that's all the real technicals I can give you on that. Let's move on from AMC um, yeah. and get to something that fundamentally does make sense. I want to go to Fisker. They are getting a rating from Morgan Stanley. Wow. And it's a big one. 
They put a price target on this of 40 bucks, and they put their bull scenario at 90. And you know what? I've loved the Fisker story. I still, I don't own the shares. I still, I've been in and out of it. I think a half dozen times in my longer, in my swing trade account. Um, I wanted to keep it longer term and, you know, for whatever reason, the market scared me and I sell it again. Um, it's been good for me. It's been good trading for me um, as a swing trade too. I've had some really good hits on this. I would love to get the stock back. I probably should have bought it in the last couple of days. I was thinking about it in the 15 area. It actually went to 14 yesterday. So I wish I would have looked at it. I think you're buying pullbacks on Fisker. I think FSR is actually for real. I think you're, you know, they've got the cars. This isn't like concept. They have, you know, the Magna deal. They have cars. You will see Fiskers on the road at the end of 2022. In a year, you're going to start to see Fiskers start to pop up. Year and a half, Fiskers are going to be on the road. And they're way ahead of, you know, a lot of other, they're not Tesla, but, you know, the valuation is just a fraction, a fraction of that. So could they eventually, you know, start to, you know, catch on the Fiskers? I think they're pretty cool cars. I think the name is good. I think they've got relationships. I'm with Morgan Stanley here. I think Fisker could be a $40 stock. I don't know about 90 anytime soon, but I'd be a buyer of pullbacks on FSR. I don't Do you, own it. I want to own it. Is it uh, Adam Jonas that did this? No, who's who's the, who's the analyst from MS? Oh, it's Morgan Stanley. Let me see if we have it in the pro. We might have pro, it. Pro will probably have it. He'll hunt yeah. it down. I don't think it's not Jonas. I'll tell you what. I'm even thinking about buying one of these, Dennis. Um, reason why is the price The, the actual point, car or the stock? <laughs> the car. The ocean. The Fisker Ocean. It looks reason cool, why? Man. Yeah. Um, one thing is, you know, we have the federal credit still, think, right? That's this is Jonas. This is Jonas. Is it Jonas? Yeah. Thank well, you. Thank you very go. much. Joel, take a bow. Take yeah, because the Mitch, old Mitch, finish your shot. Finish, finish your no, no, but definitely, I'm going to be looking at it just because also the federal credits. I can get 7,500 from the uh, from the feds. I can get 2,500 from the state of Colorado, so I can get ten thousand dollars off the sticker price. Why not a Tesla? Why a Fisker, not a Tesla? Well, biggest thing is the price point, right? To me, I think the price points are very important. If we look at a cheap Tesla, I feel like I'm literally getting the cheap of the cheap. Like literally, like they're just going to give me some plastic and put it together and call it a Tesla. But Fisker is literally focusing on a price point that I think is more in the consumer's realm. At 34000 um, I think definitely that's a car that the average consumer can buy. I think Fisker is going to be big eventually. I really do. I said this in the show for the last year. I've been in and out of it because when it got just silly town, you yeah. know, you got to ring the register sometimes. When stock goes from 15 to 30 and doubles itself in a, in a week and a half, you've got to ring the register on some of them. We've seen these explosions in price in FSR, and I'm usually selling into those explosions. And the problem is, you know, you got to think about it and buy it back. And, you know, I have bought it back a couple times. I need to get the stock back, though. And Morgan Stanley with a good reminder that, you know what? This Fisker isn't a concept. There's so many EV concepts out there that you get lost in it all. But Fisker is beyond that. It's a $4 billion company. I guess with the, with the pop today, it's going to be closer to $5 billion. But it's, it, you know, when you put it all together, you think, okay, there's Tesla. You know, we're, we're, you know, we'll talk fundamentals here for a second that actually matter. But Tesla is $692 billion company. Fisker is five. So you're talking about point, you know, less than one percent of the market cap of of Tesla, less than one percent, like 0.7 percent of the market cap. So you know, is is Tesla 125 times, you know, 
going to be bigger than than Fisker, or, or is Fisker going to be? Does Fisker have a little bit of that gap to eventually fill? Could you see Fisker as a twenty billion dollar company eventually if they're starting to pop up on the roads and you start to see the cars? I think so. Are they and out there 5 now? Billion, that's a four. That's four times your money. So, I mean, it's not an unimaginable to get to a $40 price target on this. And it's not unimaginable to even get to a $90 price target on this. It's a matter of how much the cars catch on. But I'll tell you, Henrik Fisker is smart. Like, I've watched a lot of his stuff. He's smart. He's not Elon Musk, but he's smart. Uh, I, 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 I would bet some money on that guy. And that's where I, 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 I'm going to eventually rebuy my Fisker uh, you get you spiked up a few times to the 1770 area, and you backed off, but you haven't backed off a lot. Uh, so I'm I'm not going to be a fader here. I think you still perhaps have some room on the upside today. I would, I would not just, short the stock. I would not. No, no, no. Because no, Adams had some big moves. Um, as long as you hold 17 and a quarter, I'm mean, I know I'm going kind of tight here, but that was an area three highs. Uh, back in in July, so if it holds that, you know, your next test would be closer to eighteen at seventeen ninety four. So that's what I, it's it look you know it's up near the high and it's bid. If it's one of those scenarios where they shut, you know, it opens seventeen thirty and then you're under seventeen in a heartbeat, then you're gonna have a you'll know, have a chance. You know, I don't think you'll get at the top of yesterday's range. That's way down at fifteen oh seven, but up near the highs. Let's see if we can get follow through through the pre market high. And so they're out. Someone said they're out in 22. Is that and the 2022 is a production? Yeah. Well, yeah, their production will be next year. Who is, is is Tesla the one that's leading as far as developing charging stations and uh, extension ports? Uh, Everyone's doing that. Charge, charge, charge like point 60 companies. Charge point and Blink are probably the big two. Why are gas stations opening up now in our area, Spencer? Why would you? Why would you just? What about who has the hybrid gas electric charging station? That's what I'm buying. Well, what they is, all are going to have it. All your gas is that Quantum Scape? Are they who, who does the who's big in the there's some SPACs that came out that are big into the charging, right? Was yeah. it Quantum Scape and then well, there blink, was a, blink and charge point? I think there's a pile of them. Well, yeah, there's, yeah. there's like two or three big ones, and then there's yeah. probably a dozen public ones, and then there's probably a pile you, of them. Oh, yeah, there's so this is a whole industry. Yeah, which is it's the best one, Dennis? Industry. Which is the best? <laughs> you one? don't know. I don't know any. I, I I I can't tell you any of that part. I'm wasting my time researching that. So you know, you can think of the ones that you trade, like the charge points, like you yep. know Spencer says. But who knows who the leader in that's going to be? But you know, Fisker obviously will need charging stations. The infrastructure is going to be there. We're going EV. You don't have to worry that oh, I'm going to buy an electric vehicle. And, you know, where am I going to charge it? In, in two to three years, you won't have to worry about that. There's going to be charge stations everywhere. I mean, I see Tesla charge stations popping up all over, but there's going to be different charge stations everywhere. You're not going to have that problem. Like it or not, you know, and we poo-poo a lot of these valuations on a lot of these EV companies because there's just so many of them. But the world is going EV. We're going to all be driving electric cars in 10 years. That's why I don't own any oil companies, you know, because I just don't see the longevity Demand. there and you know short term sure you know we're still i'm still filling up my car it cost me 150 bucks to fill up my pickup the other day I it mean, cost, it cost how me often you fill it up though how often do you fill it up well i don't drive as far but it depends on how yeah. some people got fill them up we i mean you're still like people aren't driving as much as they were you know and there's a point to be made if a lot of people are working from home but 
an EV revolution is not going away. I mean, we're going EV. It's a matter of pick the winners. Tesla is obviously going to be one of the winners. We know that. I think Fisker is going to be up there. I do. And that's why when I look at Fisker at a $4 billion valuation, speculative capital only, am I going to go take all my net worth and dump it in Fisker? No. But would I take 1% of my net worth or even 2% of my net worth and dump it in Fisker? Yes. So am I buying it when it's up 15% today? Probably not. I'd probably wait for a pullback into the 16s. But you get these pullbacks, you know, and I don't like chasing stocks. But it's a good reminder from Jonas here today that this Fisker story is actually for real. So you have a lot of concepts. You know, we've got the Nikola and the Lordstown, you know, and they're all eventually maybe going to have vehicles as well. I think with Fisker, I think it's further than that because they have the relationships, you know, the production. I think you're going to start seeing Fiskers on the road if they follow their projections end of 2022. And people will be like, what kind of car is that? Oh, it's a Fisker. Oh, that's pretty cool. If the car, if the pricing point is cheaper than Tesla, you'll attract people. And, you know, Mitch made a good point on that too. So I like the Fisker story. A lot of people, you know, dissing me for it in the chat. That's okay. You know, it's a speculative capital. So I think if you're taking a shot, I think Fisker's got a better shot than a lot of these other companies. And, and you know what Fisker and Tesla have in common is they're not that new, right? Tesla's been around since 2003, and Fisker had there was another, there was another Fisker before this Fisker. Oh, there, he's been trying. Hendrix yeah. tried a lot of different things. It's not it's not as if this, they just they just you know been around for two three years like some like some of these other names I, I won't name but or Nikola right but um you know they've been around for a while. It, it, this thing takes. It takes a decade or more, right, to, to get good to, to learn how to do this stuff. So, uh, anyway. People uh, comparing NEO. NEO's going to report, so it's actually a good segue. Ooh, On Neo. Wednesday, I believe, we're going to hear the NEO report. One thing to consider is always look at market caps and upside. NEO's market cap is $69 billion. So, you're talking about a company that's being valued 20 times more than Fisker. So, if you buy a share, or maybe not that now because it's come up to five, but 12 to 13 times the valuation of Fisker. So is that justifiable? If Neo was a six billion dollar market cap, I would say yeah, I would buy Neo. But at sixty eight billion, now you're yeah, putting it, you know, in a market cap yeah. above Ford. So you've got to like consider, you know, where are you going? Fifty five billion dollar Ford is Neo worth more than Ford in the long run? I don't think so. I wouldn't touch Neo on a fundamental basis. Would I trade it? Trade everything. I'll trade anything and everything. You know, if the chart looks good, but it would be uh, like short term trading you know, maybe swing trading, it's never going to enter my long-term portfolio. Fisker has entered my long-term portfolio. It's come out a couple times because it just, it's paid. Like I bought the thing at 13 or 14 and it went to 30. I didn't get the top. That was but, spec, spec mania. But yeah, but when the thing doubles in two weeks, you ring the, re- when, when you're getting gifts from, you know, the trading gods, you've got to ring the register sometimes, you know, and, and take the profits and then, you know, re-enter at a better pricing point. You know, when your stock's tripling, quadrupling overnight, you know, and sometimes you regret it and sometimes they keep going, but a lot of times they come back in. Yeah, uh, that's the name of the game, you know, is, you know, to take the profits while you got them or the market will take them for you. Just real quick on this on Neo, just winding up ahead of the report, 44 to 46, 44 to 46. So uh, if you're trading that ahead of the report, just be aware. Actually, uh, an inside day yesterday, you see the support of 44. They take this thing above 46. Uh, maybe a minor stopping point at 47.38, but uh, that's your setups there. Good support at 44, but just quiet ahead of the report. And I haven't looked at Tesla in a while. And, uh, 
That cleared the 700. Anything going on here? Bulls in control as long yeah. as it's above the low from two days ago, 697. Yeah, I see so that. That, that is a classic technical little breakout before above 700. Held the support. I mean, a lot of textbook technicals happening here. Consolidation station between 700 and 720. It looks like it's trying to get the gas to make the next run for 750. Valuation's crazy. I'm not going to put this in my long-term portfolio, but as a trade, I, if you were buying it today at 712, I would stop myself out under 697. So you got a 15-point stop. A little bit far. I'd rather get in the lower 700s. Two days ago, it would have been clean by. Uh, but I think there's room to 750, so I'm going to stay in the short-term bull camp on Tesla, where I'm still in the long-term. I don't want to own it because I just think valuation's crazy camp. But short-term, I kind of like it. I think there's room to 750. Yeah, and you got a uh, you got a little gap to fill here. I don't know if that was what the news was on that, if it was an earnings day or whatnot. But uh, the top, uh, the bottom of the gap, and it's not too far away. Uh, ooh, seven thirty two sixty one. Did we get to there yet? No, it's a little bit higher than that. No, nope, seven thirty two sixty one. And man, you almost filled that thing. Where'd you get to? Oh, no, not quite yet. 726.94. That's the high of the move. Let's just call it 700, 700 to 725. That's encompassed your trading ranges for the one, two, four, six, eight last sessions in Tesla. You want to talk about uh, Moderna? And yeah, it's right yeah, now. What a wild child. Holy mackerel. Well, Moderna, we can look at Pfizer together, but the, but the Moderna, yeah, I mean, like Joel mentioned, wow, I'm actually surprised to see it turn around. But every day, I said this yesterday with Joel, every time I think it stopped going up, it proves me wrong yet again. So we almost got to 500 here this morning. Um, and there, there it's going to, like, it's crazy the amount of money they make. Yeah. I mean, this company, like, we, we, we talked the bull scenario on it two, three days ago, and I said, I don't want to chase it, but holy mackerel, I mean, this company is firing on all cylinders it's like the best of the best the valuation has gotten you know pretty high i mean it's trading on the same valuation you're making the point of the pre-pre-market show spencer as merck it's, but, it's worth more than merck merck is how old how old is think merck? about the drug i mean they've got a drug that they literally are giving to everyone in the world you think about like when a company creates a new drug it's not for everybody they've got a drug that they've created that is for the entire world and we're going to need boosters and we're going to need more shots of Moderna. Like if you're, if the COVID's not going away, it's going to be like a yearly shot. So they're going to keep getting revenue from this. I mean, the, and obviously, you know, they've done everything right. Novavax, Moderna start at the same point. Moderna's done everything right. And Novavax has tried, but, you know, they can't even get their drug approved yet. So, I mean, that's why you've seen this complete separation now between Moderna and Novavax, where Moderna has just continued to explode. Wow. Because when you look at it, some analysts are projecting that this is going to make like $25, $30 next year. So when you throw it on a PE, it's like trading 16, 17 times. It's like actually not expensive, which is insane. I don't know if those projections are going to hold. What did they make last quarter? How much money? Oh, Moderna? Uh, I have five. Uh, as far as uh, earnings per share, is that your question? Yeah. Didn't they make five or six bucks? Uh, let me look it up. In uh, they Moderna, make money, I, think, I looked six fifty. I thought they yes, made. Yes, that's about right. Incredible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I looked at that. I was surprised. Nobody has benefited more from COVID than Moderna. There's not a single company, not even close. And you know what? They, they've got the flu shots going. They've got this. They're just firing on all cylinders. I actually love this company. I wish the stock would fall back. You know, when it got back to two hundred, 
a few months ago, and you know, this is going back six months ago when we were talking, and it looked like we were getting on top of COVID. I thought the Novavax and Moderna, you know, would start to come back in. But what happened was we got new variants. We got, you know, and we, we obviously, we're realizing now that COVID is probably just not going away. It's probably going to be with us for a long, long time. And it's just going to be a matter of new boosters, new shots. And you just think, okay, this is just revenue they're going to continue to get. You know, if we're going to have to get a COVID shot every year, Moderna's going to continue to get revenue from that. Is there going to be competition for them? There already is. But they seem to be one of the leaders. You know, when I think about, you know, the COVID shot, I think Moderna. And Pfizer, BioNTech. What, what about Pfizer? Pfizer said in their earnings uh, call that they think they expect to make thirty-three and a half billion dollars this year just from their COVID shot. I own Pfizer. thirty-three and a half billion. That's what they said. I I, I own Pfizer. So I continue I. to own Pfizer. I would buy Pfizer and pullbacks as well. It's not. It's not like Moderna where it's got the sexy story, though. It's the big pharmaceutical company yeah. that is in everything, you know, where Moderna um, is the growth story, the, the massive growth, right? So that's what investors are attracted to. So you're not going to see Pfizer blast off and go up to like $100 a well, share. Why, well, why not is my question. Because, because they... it's too big. Too big. It's a company that's not it's not sexy. The buy now the BioNTech, obviously, that's a different story. I mean, we've seen the explosion there too. Even in the last month, the swing went from two hundred to four hundred and fifty. I mean, if you're buying them at this point, you're definitely chasing. Like, and I, and I, you know, personally, am waiting for a pullback on some of these companies. But to go and say Moderna's not worth, you know, what it's trading at, you start doing the math, and you're like, you can get to numbers fairly quickly to say it's not crazy. You know, like we look at AMC and we say, okay, the valuation's crazy. We look at GameStop, we say the valuation's crazy. Look at Moderna and you think, it's actually not crazy, which is crazy. (laughs) That's how this kind of move. It's like we all dropped the ball. Me too, when the stock was $150. Because I was seeing this Delta coming at us full blast ahead. And, you know, now foreseeing that we're going to get one of these shots every year. So we would have saw this three months ago, probably be buying the stock and making a lot of money. So when did it get added to, to the S and P? When did it get added to the S and P too? M- month that ago. Was yeah, that was another. another Has it been sh- added officially? Has it been added? I, I, yeah, yeah, that yeah, happened. Yeah, 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 it did. I'd I'd be interesting to check the date on that. That's been a uh, a huge catalyst. And then uh, I believe it was Friday. Friday, this thing caught two downgrades, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, we "This said isn't that. going down. Yeah, this isn't holding. going down." We this said it. If we rewind the show two days ago, Joel, I was saying this is the kind of stock I'm like, I don't want to buy this, but I'm also like, I could see like the bull's case here. I was like, I kind of want to buy it. Man, I wish I would have. Yeah. Um, the uh, um, I got approved in Australia yesterday, uh, midday. I think that came out. So uh, it did get a little pop here. I mean, I'm just going to give you the pre-market high and just tell you. 498.60. So if you want to target on the upside, I would look. I mean, this, I, I watch this thing. It's just trades in five buck clips. But uh, this look, you know, keep an eye on the old time closing high. Obviously, that was made yesterday. And it's right there right now, 484.47. So big jump in the last two days. Let's see if we can post a new old time closing high today. I mean, and question is. Novavax, let's say to the scenario, it gets its its vaccine approved, which is probably going to happen here eventually. Is there a catch-up trade for Novavax? 
like he just had the pullback two days ago, which would have been the opportunity. Uh, I wouldn't want to be short Novavax here. I wouldn't want to be short any. Can't None be short. No, because uh, the story is just COVID. It's in the media. It's there. But if you look at the market cap and you think, okay, here's Novavax with a market cap of fourteen billion, and here's Moderna with a market cap of two hundred billion. Is there a potential catch-up trade for Novavax? You're definitely buying, you know, not the best of breed. Moderna is best of breed, um, at least in the COVID arena. But, or, you know, you could say Pfizer and BioNTech too. But, I mean, they get it approved. Could you see Novavax having a catch-up trade here? I could. I'd be a buyer of Novavax on pullbacks. Um, And, you know, stopping yourself out. The worst-case scenario for Novavax's scenario is that they don't get it approved. That's like a, 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 you know, I think a gap down 30% on you. For whatever reason, they're like, no, it's not getting approved. So there is a risk, you know, that it's hard to control and overnight because all of a sudden it comes out decision, we're not approving your vaccine. You know, it's, you know, there, there is that risk there. But I kind of like the Novavax at 200 just because I've seen what Moderna has done. Look at this. Uh, I mean, they're different companies, but, you know, look at the bid Lily caught. Uh, since the end of uh, 2020, right? We closed uh, under or over 150 in December, and that thing just hit 250. And this is new all-time high territory for uh, for Pfizer. So, not good, you know, not the same company as Lilly, but I mean, if you don't think you can have a a big move, uh, take a look at that Lilly monthly chart. That's uh, that's pretty awesome. There, have a little bit of Lilly like Pfizer, not much. I I do too. I do too. I mean, you're not even like what's the Pfizer P? Ten? Uh, is it ten? Is it less? It says nineteen on a trailing, but what is it on the forward basis? Ten or eleven? Eleven. 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 It's cheap. But <laughs> pharmaceutical companies have been cheap, but Pfizer's got some growth because of the shots. So I, I mean the the, the 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 huge growth is in BioNTech and Moderna. There you go. Because Pfizer's yeah. so big. But if you want a safer play at it. Pfizer's not just, just keeps grinding its way higher. So on pullbacks, get back down like forty-four, maybe get a little relief pullback or a little, you know, profit taking. I think I'd be a buyer of Pfizer too. I own Pfizer already though. Yep. So do I. Wow, we just covered the whole space and just in time to bring on our guest. We were talking about the video game sector last week on the heels of all the earnings reports. We had EA, Take Two, Activision, and we were wondering what is going on. How can a space with such dem- demographics in its favor be so out of favor right now? So, with that in mind, I'm going to bring on JP Lee, product manager at Van Eck. They've got the ESPO ETF, which, full disclosure, I am long. JP, good morning. Hey, it's Joel L. Conan. Save the date for August 21st for the pre-market prep introduction to professional trading special. Featuring myself, Dennis, and Rob Friesen of Bright Trading, we'll spend three hours discussing how to become a professional trader, the pros and cons of different order types, the best brokers to use, and how we prepare for our trading day, and much more. Go to premarketprep.com to register today. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. Uh, help us understand what exactly is going on here, because I think we're all a little bit uh, confused. I think you got to set the stage. Go back to 2020. COVID happens. It, you know, It's a breakout year in a lot of ways for video games. Um, and there's a new benchmark, right? So 2020, in the middle of the year, everybody's looking at their one-year lookbacks from 2019 and the growth revenues, the user revenues, the engagement was crazy, right? And, and you saw investor participation, you know, uh, our ESPO ETF and the underlying index up over 80% for the year. And there were other funds that are kind of in that zone of 
very high returns for 2020 um, and a breakout year. And by and large, those funds have not not performed with the market this year, right? So ESPO's uh, down a little bit for the year. S&P's up 20%. And I think it's important to set the stage too of going back to the beginning of the year, reopening trade, uh, growth to, or value to growth switch. So, you know, these names are definitely growth names. And I, I would make the broad argument that it's we're still in a very long-term supportive environment for video games. These 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 companies as a basket are cheaper than the market right now, right? S and P and that S and P and the Qs, Nasdaq, the PE trailer PE is around thirty-five. Espo's trailer PE is around thirty, right? So this is a high-growth sector with long-term supportive trends, and I think we're just a, a little bit of a market dislocation right now. That's how I would describe it. And there's things going on, right? You've got you've got China, right? China, and this 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 a lot of these names are Chinese centric, right? Tencent, NetEase, Billy Billy, and more. Really focused on China. China's been cracking down on the education, you know, sector. I don't know if you guys talked about that in the last couple of weeks. They've taken steps towards kind of shifting the conversations for video games. I don't think that's the same thing as the education kind of crackdown. You got Activision. I mean, you've got problems at Activision. Um, uh, from a toxic work environment perspective, those problems also affected Ubisoft last year. Um, so there's a lot of things going on right now, and it's not all the same for each company. But that's that's how I would set the stage. What what about the pipeline right now? What is the state of, of, of the of the pipeline for the major the major publishers at the moment? So I mean, from my perspective, solid, right? Okay, so Activision. Um, you know, work work environment issues aside, they've got Call of Duty, right? And, and they've got Call of Duty Mobile. They've got Call of Duty Warzone. So do they need to launch another Call of Duty, right? Does Take-Two need to launch another Grand Theft Auto V, right? That's kind of the question. I think that's how the video game market has shifted over the last five, 10 years is that you don't need another Grand Theft Auto every year or, or another Call of Duty, you know, 4v4 game every year because the, 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 business strategy for these companies has shifted from a tent pole. We're going to launch this game once a year. And it's going to be this huge spike in revenues. And it's going to come down to look, we're just going to try to keep this consistent subscription based revenue, but pipeline battlefield 2042 is coming out for EA at the end of the year. That's going to be a big game. Um, so I think the pipeline story is not as important as it used to be because these games are already literally churning out money and it's more of like, okay, we're going to release the new content block, whether that's for GTA 5 or the new Call of Duty season or, or whatever it is. So that's how I'd answer that question. So you're approaching this moment in time as just sort of a batten down the hatches type of thing. Uh, yeah, 100%. I think there's different things going on. Like the two on the top of my mind right now is the China thing and then just the Activision thing. But that's what's kind of holding things down. You look forward. What's the environment? We're coming up on the uh, on. Christmas season again, where people aren't going to be able to get their new Xbox or PlayStation Five just like they did last year. It's the first time that's really happened. Where why not? Why not? Because of the supply chain issues. You know, I think Microsoft and Sony have both kind of indicated that there may still be issues of people getting the getting the um, getting the console that they want. And that now I'm I'm not even talking about what that's going to do for Microsoft or Sony's bottom line. Let's let's think about what that means for market dynamics what's the environment for people right now they want to play games there's there's so many people playing video games and that that they, that story is just u.s centric if you broaden the envelope and start looking at what's going on in the world games like garena sea fire um or garena free fire from sea 
and and others, there's huge demand for global games, especially in the on the mobile space in the developing world, right? People in the Philippines or Thailand or Malaysia or Brazil play video games differently than they do in the United States, right? In the US, you're, you're, most gamers are either gonna buy an Xbox or PlayStation or buy a computer. They don't consider mobile gaming a real thing like they do in emerging markets, developing countries, right? You know, mobile gaming in those countries is like, there's professional esports teams, people really care. In the US and, and the developer world, it's kind of like, okay, you know, only grandmas play uh, Candy Crush, right? It's not, it's not taken seriously. In the EM world, it's completely different, right? Because there's not that $300, $400 spend that you have to do to even start playing. Everybody's got a cell phone. And, and the EM is a little different general, you know, from a big picture perspective on how they use their mobile devices. They're ahead of us, right? So maybe the U.S. plays catch up on the mobile space. Well, well since, um, you, since you mentioned mobile, what about Zynga here? Zynga, you know, I don't have uh, a Zynga view at this point other than to say they're beasts, right? And they, they, they've done, they're, they're growing through M&A. And I think that's what a lot of the industry is starting to do. It's like, is it easier to grow a game? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed from scratch and build it from scratch or is it easier to go out and buy a game right or buy a, a developer publisher that's already doing a good job and so that's an industry shift over the last few years again where it's like look i don't want to invest 50 million dollars or 100 million dollars into uh building this game from scratch and developing a community and getting you know you know 30 million people playing the game every day i'm just going to go buy it from somebody that's already doing it so you see that with ea buying blue mobile you see it, Zynga, the way they've been, they, I want to say the last thing they acquired was like a Turkish video game company. So, I mean, the story is global and the story is mobile. And then, and then M&A activity is, is kind of geared around those hotspots. When you uh, when you look at these stocks and they definitely uh, were stay at home stocks for you know caught the bed for people but and I and I look at it I know the demographics are from younger kids probably I mean it, it goes up higher on the spectrum but like eventually like you're gonna have full you know school sports back and you're gonna have you know after school activities and you're gonna have oldie because I, I I look at that uh, the younger generation on that what did you know could it just be that you know that that uh, the pandemic was just you know just the perfect timing for these stocks and you know this is this is as good as it gets they may just like muddle around but um, you know, when people have the ability to do other things, like I, I just like, I can't, I'm, like, I'm looking at my phone here and I just can't, that's just me because I'm <laughs> old man and people are going to make fun of me. But 
I mean, how you know how how much how much time do you spend per day on your your phone doing uh, these games? Well, I, I mean, again, I'm a U.S. guy, so I don't play. I'm like, I don't play mobile games seriously. I play, but I play Xbox. You know, I play my Xbox okay. on the weekends. Um, you know, I'm, I'm well, make fun of me, Chad, but no, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing too, and I think that I think there's a there's a misconception, right? And this is what we do: is we educate, we talk about like what people think versus what the numbers actually show, and the numbers are average gamers is 30 years old. Right. And, and there's a lot of energy around younger people, you know, playing Fortnite when they're 15 years old, or, you know, there's these stories of, well, my kid ran up a thousand dollar bill on Fortnite, And I, you know, I had to call the company and blah, blah, blah. But the reality is the majority, the, like the, if you, the majority of people playing these games are adults, right. And people are playing video games in well into adulthood. I play video games. I'm 38 years old and I'm not the only person in my age group that I work with, for example, like my work friends, we all play video games. Right. And so, that I think is something to say right off the bat. And then the second thing is going back to demographics. Think about my niece who's three years old today. She's going to be playing video games in three years. And my brother's going to be paying for her video, you know, whatever she's buying. And she's going to be playing video games until she's 20 or, and, and all of her friends are going to be playing video games. And they're going to go to the Fortnite Ariana, Ariana Grande concert, you know? And, and so there's just, just like how, we're on our phones all day and we're on our computers for eight, 15, 12, 15 hours a day. Now people are going to be playing video games. It's a more integrated part of their life than it was 10 years ago. So the technology is much better now. Um, and so I, I know that that's look, we're the best it's ever been. There's, there's everybody's playing video games. It's never going to get better. And okay. where are these companies going right. to go? And I, I, I stand corrected. What about the, this Apple Epic game battle? Do you have any t- oh, take yeah, on that? Great question. Yeah. I that's, would that's a good question. I, I, I guess I'll just say is that that whole argument is striking to the core of what is going on in the video game world, which is the platforms have so much power and control over the content and the user base, right? So that is specific to the Apple experience. But, you know, Microsoft Xbox Store, they charge 25, 30%. Steam, which is where people download the games on the PC, they charge 30%. So that's kind of like an industry-wide accepted, look, if you want to sell your games on my platform, you're giving me a 20 to 30% cut. That's just how it is, right? So whether that's going to rewrite the whole rules of not only the video game ecosystem, but the mobile, mobile app ecosystem, Remains to be seen. I'm not a lawyer. It's great to see a lot of the inside baseball stuff that's come out, you know, in the in the discovery and like all the different, you know, Tim Cook's emails to, or you know, Sweeney's emails to Tim Cook and vice versa. So to me, it's just a, it's a nice case of inside baseball. Be interested interested to see what happens, but I don't really have a dog in that fight. And what about see, Roblox? That's Roblox. what I was going to ask. Same yeah. thing. Roblox. Yeah, Roblox. So yeah, Roblox is from in my opinion like this next gen like ecosystem. Uh, that it mirrors Fortnite, um, where you've got a ton of young user users, and and so so all that stuff I said about these are thirty year olds playing video games. That's not true for for Roblox, right? The average Roblox user is like ten to fifteen years old. But what's important to me on that one is it's creator economy, right? Like these are people who are getting into the game, they're playing the game, and then they're building things, and they're being allowed to participate in the economic success of the game, right? Because I buy, I build a game and then I can somehow sell it and monetize it within the game. That's very interesting um, and kind of shifting towards the creator economy, Twitch kind of ecosystem. But I just think the, the power of that user base is huge. And the trick for Roblox is getting a 10 year old to play until he's 20 or figuring out a way to get a 20 year old to play a game that everybody thinks is for 10 year olds. Right. And so if I'm 20 years old and I'm hanging out with my buddies, 
am I going to play Roblox? Or am I going to play Call of Duty? Right. It's pretty obvious which game I'm going to play. Um, so yeah. The, so they've either got to keep the kids playing now until, the, you know, to, for 10 years, they've got to bring in older people or they have to, you know, make sure that the new, the, you know, my nieces, the three to five year olds are primed up and ready to start playing in the next couple of years. So it's a, it's a cool company and very interesting touches on a lot of cool themes. Uh, JP, got one from the chat here. I don't know if you can answer this. Uh, can you ask JP about the demand in coding companies hiring gamers? We'd like to hear his opinion. Anecdotally, I mean, it's there. Anecdotally, like, I think the tools are there for younger people today, like people who are watching this stream, um, to go out there and learn things on your own, right? And that goes, but like, we're kind of at a decentral, we're in the process of decentralizing our economy in a lot of ways. And so, it's really up to the individual, you know, people out there who you want, if you're interested in coding, you want to, you know, try to get a job at Activision. There's no better time or to, you're in the best time alive right now because you've got the tools and, you know, all you have to do is watch a couple of YouTube videos and you're off and running, start building games. And in a lot of ways, you know, this new economy is there's more. Yeah, it's great to have a coding degree and, and to be like have this great credential prestige. But it's also great to have hands on experience. Of, hey, I built this game and I launched it on the app. And, and so that's a very exciting time to be alive, in my opinion, for young people today. So if you're interested in it, just go out there and do it. Watch some YouTube videos and get it done. JP Lee is a product manager at VanEck. They've got the eSports ETF, ESPO. JP, great stuff, man. Thanks a lot for coming on. Hey, hey guys. Thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate right. it. I hope he was able to make some people – he made me feel a little better about the space. He made me feel a little better. I'm not, I'm not, where, did we, uh, uh, where did we come uh, out on the, uh, on the poll? I saw you did a poll there. 222. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Actually, let me, let me, I, haven't, I haven't checked. Do you yeah, play video I, games? It's 50 I did 50. That. Uh, 50 50. Can you believe it? Literally. Right on 50 50. 225 votes. And it's split. That's the last two minutes, five minutes. Yeah. 50 50. I mean, yeah, I played. I was playing Sunday night. I was playing with, with, with the buddy of mine. I was playing on my Switch. So I do not. I do not. We're boomers, Joel. So yeah, we're, we're <laughs> I play video boomers. games when I, I play video games till I was 16. Then I got my license. I never played a video game again. So I guess I play a video game for a living, though. My trading is kind of yeah, like a video true. game. So yeah, I guess that's, you know, kind of like a video game. So I get my video gaming through my trading. Yeah, there we go. But um, I don't, I, I'm a believer in the video game industry. So, and I, the only one I own still is Take time. Two. I want to own Activision. I want to rebuy my Zynga. I kind of want to buy Roblox. I want EA. I want to rebuy all these things. They're out of favor, though. And like I said, they haven't given me a signal that they've stopped going down here yet. So I don't like to be, you know, the catch the first falling knife. I like to know that it's stable. I like to know that I have an out. And, you know, I like to know that, you know, controlling my risk to a certain extent. You know, would I like to own Zynga at $8? Yeah, but I haven't been given the sign that the, the coast is clear and this has stopped going down. Roblox put nice support down here in this whole 80 area. And I think eventually it does see a hundred bucks. I do think Roblox eventually sees a hundred dollars again. You know, valuation is an extreme, maybe, but it's still got the story. Um, I think RBLX is gonna be a triple digit stock. I just haven't, you know, it was a nice candle yesterday. Let's see if it can hold up with that. It's interesting. Uh the last video game I played was uh pinball. <laughs> wow. and you okay, can't, boomer. Yeah, the we're, we're moving away from boom, your boom, pinball. boom. You can tilt, you know, boom, boom. Also, no, I, I like flippers won't too. work. I like. The I know, machines. I know. And he used to be able to jam that thing in there and. Uh, yeah, Joel would cheat. 
No, sure. not cheap. It would be tilt. If you get a tilt, man, then, uh, you know, you stick another quarter in or whatever. But I don't know. I mean, someone made a comment, like, look at Joel. I mean, if this is what people want to do and this is what they enjoy doing, then go ahead and do, do it. it. Uh, yep, just do it. Let's, but, uh, There's let's a lot on. of people that like video games. I believe in the industry. Yep. Um, and I, I, would, I would own some of these, and I do own Take Two, and I would like to own more. Okay. For those of you uh, keeping up with AMC, Jim Chano said he's got a piece uh, this morning on CNBC and Cinemark, which we didn't talk about. CNK is long AMC. Yes, and then CNK is he's up- long. He's, he's long. Why is Chano long AMC? What, what did he say? He's he he likes the, the fact that you know the CEO is aligned with the company. He hasn't sold any shares yet. Uh, you know he's he's probably, I, I'm sure he's going to control his risk somehow. I'm sure, I'm sure he's, yeah. he's he you know bought. That's a big uh, vote of confidence. Or soul puts or something, but I don't know. That's uh, a big he, went to, uh, he went to Birmingham Groves High School. Did you know that, Spencer? I did not, no. Yeah. CNK, look at CNK. Is having a that's, not a look good, that's not a good-looking chart, but it okay. did just get a little bit of a pop of 40 cents. But uh, trend is not your friend in that one. If you're trading AMC from the long side, do not look at the CNK chart. What about your stock, Dennis? Triple D is up a great deal this morning on their earnings, earnings. yesterday. Twelve cents EPS versus a five cent estimate. Sales of one sixty two million versus one forty three million. Uh, so a nice beat for three D last night. Nice breakout over thirty. Let's see if it can hold. You know, you got this ugly head and shoulders thing happening. You're kind of still in the right part of the sloppy right shoulder. So the chart isn't fantastic. Uh, SSYS, I always like to look at it as well. It looks quite a bit different, actually. SSYS. I've always thought Stratasys was more of the leader than DDD. Um, I don't know. I'm a believer in 3D technology. I've always said Hewlett Packard was the way I want to play it. HPQ. Uh, a little bit safer way to play it. I do think HPQ is eventually the leader in 3D printing, uh, but you know the chart looks okay on DDD. No man's land for uh, for Triple D here. Uh, you're you're moving up into an area of limited support or limited resistance. Thirty two thirty nine is your pre market high. I'm trying to lean on my dailies here. There's nothing. If you really think this thing's gonna jam today, got another five bucks in it. Thirty five ninety eight was your July twelfth high, and that ended up being a bad day in the issue. Uh, closed down three bucks that day. So. I- a lot of air in this thing. I'm sorry. I totally butchered that. I, I What I read was Jim Chano says we have a small position. What he actually said was we have a small put position in AMC. So, no, so oh, he's not oh well, there you go, Spencer. I couldn't understand why Chano oh, yeah. could be long AMC. There you go, I skipped a word in that. All right, so Chano is not long AMC. He's actually bearish. He owns puts in AMC. All right, I stink. Uh, cool. Again, this this – it's you can trade it. I trade AMC against GME. There's kind of a nice pairs uh, relationship there. If you look at the two charts and stick them on top of each other, they look pretty similar. So I actually do trade these all the time, AMC versus GME. Uh, but you know that is you no, know, they're not touching the long term portfolio. I'm not investing in these companies. I'm not a hodler of the stock. I'm not an ape. Um, you know because it doesn't make any sense. But as a tech as technical trading. And, you know, you can put any trades on. And there's a relationship there between AMC and GME. AMC is going higher today. GME is up $3, not because of GME. It's up because of AMC. So you got to respect those relationships. Here's one we, we were just asked about in the chat, which we haven't looked at for quite some time. You guys looked at Garmin recently? No. You should. Wow. You know, 
you know who's uh let's see this will be take that's a, a company that just reinvented itself and figured yeah. out stuff like you think about you know you go to your garmin and you had your little handheld gps years ago and this was you know the future and you know they figured it out because obviously everybody you know came into their arena but garmin does so many other things now so company management that was in something like they were like a one-trick pony if you go back to a decade ago and they created more tricks management teams been on firing on all cylinders and they've created a lot of products despite everybody coming in and you know and and the competition intensifying in their in their original product so you know congratulations to the management they've done everything right i and uh, we're gonna have a guest on friday uh that talked about this stock for a couple years that he really liked it do you remember who that is spencer israel been bullish this stock. I remember talking to this when it was in the 60s and the 70s with him. He always Ivan, gives us these Ivan, really impossible not, questions to Ivan. answer. No, I, it's not impossible. No, no, oh, no, he's right. Ivan Ivan has been, Ivan finds it has been. Oh, it's Ivan. I, I do yeah. remember. I actually do. Now that you mention it, I do remember that. Ivan's been bullish this stock for a while. So, and I should have, I should have gotten a, a Garmin instead of my uh, Apple iWatch. I'm, I'm regretting that a little bit now. A lot now, of people, but, a lot of runners use a Garmin. Yeah, too. like the thing is, like when you when you're swimming with the Apple iWatch, it doesn't it doesn't measure when you're kicking. I mean, it just just need the old fashioned pace clock on the wall. I don't need that fancy watch to go swimming. But uh, anyways, we got three minutes left here. Just a really quiet market in here dennis the dog days of august are uh are just i mean we're we're quiet we've been in like a 15 point range this is going on the third yeah. day now uh can we expect that up to perhaps a labor day rally yeah you're right in the dog days of august this is historically one of the most quiet times if you're buying calls and puts on the market you don't usually see outsized moves in august you usually see them in september when the traders all get back volatility has been coming in um so i'd expect just more you know chop fade trade working you know it's going to be some movers and in individual stocks but for the most part we're just kind of you know the, the regular grind you know you're not going to see outsized moves when you know a lot of traders are on vacation so i went on vacation you know a week and a half ago so you know it's it's typical that the dog days of august and trading are real and you're going to see quiet trading here for, uh, probably until we get to September, unless there's some major political event or Delta starts to pick up. I don't see a real big S&P imminent move happening in either direction. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to hop off here just a minute, a couple minutes Ooh. early. Got some, some friends in town here, some relatives. So I'm going to go say hi to them. Uh-oh. I'm going uh, to hop on uh, Pre-Market Prep Plus at uh, 9 a.m. and get all these uh, symbols that we missed today. And uh, Spencer, I'll, I'll track you down after the open. Uh, Triple okay. D, go get them. I, I hope there was a, you know, there was a bunch of tickers we didn't get to. I, I I'm going to do a couple quick. And oh, then, geez. obviously, Joel does ticker time over at premarketprep.com every day from 9 to 9.30. So, if you want to continue on the ticker time, um, premarketprep.com. But let's go. I'll do a couple right now. Did you look at Metro Mile this morning? It's your big loser. One of your big losers down 21% here on their earnings report uh, last night. 33-cent loss. First, a 30-cent loss estimate. This is ticker M-I-L-E. Sales, $28 million versus a $13 million estimate. So, uh, mixed report. I'll, I'll get the chart up here. Stocks making new all-time lows. You got to go. I never want to own a stock making a new all-time low. And that's what's happening with M-I-L-E. So, nope, not interested. ASTR, uh, they're all preaching at me. I, Astrospace, I've looked at that a couple of times. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna buy that. 
ASTR. Did we talk about it? Yeah, maybe that was Joel. Someone said it was, well, maybe it was Mitch. I know we've looked at it. What a move there two, what, three days ago? What was the big move? May 37, 11, 72. What, what was that move all about? It, it got this contract. Oh. Uh, yeah. So and now you're breaking out. You're trying to get above that candle. That's good news. I mean, chart actually looks okay on this thing. Um, I don't know anything about the company, though, so I'll probably, you know, probably laying off of it but just from a technical basis here you're getting up over that 12 which was you know the high from the you know the, the day when it broke out was 1172 you're back up above that now you're breaking out you probably got room to 14 i think there's room to 14 on this all right let's just follow up on DraftKings and and pen since they both have had some sure. deals in the last couple of days uh who was it that just dropped up someone bill Jer, someone just dropped it in the chat uh builder DraftKings. so uh yeah i mean we're quiet this morning you got risk arbs in here now too, so right. that actually tightens the trading up to a certain extent. You've got people. I traded three or four times yesterday the GNOG versus the DKNG. So obviously there was some money to be made. The spread came in very quickly in the pre-market. It's blown out to a certain extent here again. It's not crazy blowout, but um, I think it's eight percent, nine percent. That's probably a typical discount. So, but you know, if it gets back down and starts to blow out again, I trade it again. So I'm trading those two stocks against each other. So what happens is that you know, obviously holds DKNG down of GNOG, uh, which got downgraded today, is pulling back in DKNG has a rough time going up because people buy the GNOG and short the DKNG. So, um, you know, it's tough for, you know, when you start getting the major risk of action happening, which you're seeing already, GNOG's volume, 123,000 shares this morning. It actually tightens up volatility on the leader, believe oh, it or not. So this is, this is interesting from Chris Catchy in the chat. I did not know this. Thank you, Chris. DraftKings NFTs launch tomorrow. Okay, cool. That could be a catalyst. A catalyst, you know? Yeah. I will be I'll, my volume on DraftKings and GNOG will be going up because of this deal. I love this deal. I did sell my uh, GNOG too in the long term account. I rang the register. Figured. Somebody was asking me that. Figured you um, would. Yeah, it was a fifty percent gift overnight. I rang the register, so I'm out. So I don't have the investment in GNOG anymore. Um, but again, I still trade these. I'm going to be trading these two stocks actively. And then someone's asked about Smile Direct Club. Man, this is not good. So they were blaming everything under the sun for their bad quarter they blamed remember they had that that cyber attack a few months ago they blamed that they blamed covid what a mess uh they, they basically blamed everything for their bad quarter uh they lost 14 cents a share versus a 10 cent loss estimate sales came in well below the estimate 174 million is what they uh is what they had 198 million was the estimate their guidance for the sales for the rest of the year was well lower as well and they were blaming, like I said, everything. They blamed the hack. They blamed COVID. It, it, it's not It's not pretty. Stock is a mess. Four bucks is where wow. we got down to back during the COVID lows. It's crazy. You think about the moves that stocks have had, and this stock might actually challenge that eventually, that $4 level. So yeah. you're 550 you're in the middle of nowhere. Four is huge support. That's a buck fifty lower than here. You're not getting there today, I don't think. Uh, but if it was to get down that area, that's an interesting level. But that's all I can really give you, the four level. Just brutal. Yeah, I don't want to own it. Not five fifty in the middle of nowhere. And if you want to go back and look, I mean, look what it did on IPO day. That big red candle. That was his first day. That was a bit. That was a sign. Uh, maybe it's so. it's just been a dog. And it, it's how these pops on short squeezes. You remember, it was a short squeeze stock. It had a high short interest. And back yeah. in June, it got the pop. And we go back to January, it got a big pop. Those were all. Oh yeah, short squeeze, short squeeze. Well, you know who ended up getting squeezed? The longs. 
It's also like if you're short, like why why are you short a five dollar stock? So we can. I don't like shorting. That's another good point. I don't like shorting five dollar stocks. You know, some people say, "Well, five dollars is about market cap, anyways." But lower price stocks, you know, do have these you know pops. So I don't. Once stocks start getting under five dollars, I hate shorting five under five dollar stocks. Yeah. Um, Okay, Dennis, it's nine oh three. Kept a few minutes long. Thanks for hanging out with me, and we will see you tomorrow morning. Sounds good. Have a great day, everyone. Guys, there are so many tickers that we did not get to uh, in in chat. Uh, I, I apologize. There are some good ones here. You know what, Alex? I've also been wanting to look at Walmart for the past couple of days because we haven't talked about it for a while on this show. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. But yeah, I know there was a, a Taco Alt uh, mentioned uh, uh, that. We got uh, Guild, G-I-L-D, C-R-C-T, uh, Coop. I, 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 I know. I know. I'm sorry. I try to get to more of these. But every day seems like we run out of time. That being said, uh, I'll just hang out with you all for a few minutes so we can just do some. We can just hang out, uh, me and you. Uh, but if you want to ask David Green your questions, he'll be going live at 925 uh, today, and you can ask him, and he will give you his, his thoughts on the setup for day trade today. Day trade only. He typically I, he does long term stuff, but uh, typically what he's doing every morning is 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 the short term inner day trading. So if you want, if you're looking for like a short term setup, uh, he's your guy. Um, unless you stumble upon a ticker that that he happens to like long term. Uh, in which case, great. But if you're looking for a day trade setup, then David Green is your guy. He'll be going live at 925. Before I uh, proceed, I just want to, before I forget, I, I want to do a real quick uh, crypto update here. We want to do these uh, every day, if we can, three times a day. Someone said it in the chat. Cardano ADA is your crypto of the day so far up 8%. Litecoin also up 7.5%. Oh, look at ICP. I didn't notice that before. ICP is up 12, more than 12.5% this morning. Those are your big winners. Uh, Bitcoin, ETH hanging out in solidly in green territory, but you know not by as much. Ethereum's up 1.4%. Bitcoin's up about half a percent. Ethereum Classic is 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 your is your loser, and frankly, who wants to own Ethereum Classic anyway? So, fifty nine dollars. Nobody wants to own that. So anyway, uh, you know more green on the screen in Bitcoin in crypto land, and that's that's the story here uh, with with crypto. I'm curious if anyone's been buying more. I, I do want to know if is anyone buying more crypto at the moment, and and what are you buying? Because I've been looking to increase my exposure, but I'm open. I'm open to possibilities. I only own Bitcoin and ETH. I I could be open to more. Drop me your, your ticker in the chat why you own it, and I'd be very curious to hear. Uh, the Benzinga Crypto Updates brought to you by Voyager. Get f- $50 in free Bitcoin when you use the code ZING on Voyager. Deposit at least $100 and make your first trade with over 60 assets to choose from and annual yield earnings of up to 12%. Voyager is your launchpad into the world of crypto. Link is in description. The link to the Voyager uh, offer is in the description of this video check it out okay i guess I'm, I'm wrong on etc a lot of people want to own it apparently uh how is shiba inu doing oh good question i hope we have that data in the pro we should have that data in the pro let me let me hop on over to my benzinga pro pro.benzinga.com pretty sure we have shiba inu no i don't think we No, we don't bummer that means i have to go to good old coin market cap i haven't looked at cheap for a hot second 
Let's just pull it up because mostly because I'm curious. All right. Consolidation station. Let me get a chart up on there so we can see. Yeah. Consolidation station. I mean, <laughs> as much as you can say it. Oh, man. I I can never take these, these seriously. These fractions of a penny coins. Can't do it. Also, oh, this is what you don't want to see, right? Look at the volume. That's what you don't want to see. Volume just collapse. Yeah, wow. I haven't looked at that for a while. Thanks for putting that on my radar. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm seeing ICP, uh, Cosmos, ATOM. Oh, man. Okay. Interesting ideas. Robinhood? I'll pass, Trent, on Robinhood. How was I doing this morning? Try to look at it once a day just to... No, keep up with the times. Keep up with the kids. What is it up to this morning? Eh, nothing. Literally nothing. Okay, super quiet. Uh, no, I'll take a look at ICP. Polkadot is going to be huge. Shizzy says, okay. I got, you know what I got to do? I got to write this stuff down because I know I won't remember anything that you, that you all tell me. So hold on. Let, let, let me run this down right now. Polkadot. All right. ICP. I, I need to do my own research, obviously. Do your own research. Writing that guy down. What else we got? I think that's it. Safe Moon? Ugh, fine. All right. All right. Those are the four. I'll take a look at all those. Uh, what did we miss? Let's go to the movers tool. Look at our top gainers, top losers of the morning. FULC is my number one gainer. Fulcrum Therapeutics. They must have had some news, I bet. Oh, it was actually earnings. Oh, no, it was it was earnings plus it was uh, positive phase one data. So FT, FULC is your big gainer of the morning, up 60%. Uh, looks like their candidate for inherited blood disorders shows the proof of mechanism. Again, that's a phase one study, so a long way to go on that. Lightning E-Motor, ZEV, having itself a morning of 57%. They signed a multi-year contract with Forest River for their zero-emission bus technology, charging products, and services. Deal valued up to 800. <laughs> Keyword there is up to, right? But $850 million nonetheless. So, wow. Let's look at ZEV this morning. ZEV. Holy. Okay. $10. Very nice. Congrats to everyone who, who held this entire time on the way down. We are back up above par in ZEV. All right. We're back up above $10. It's an important level, at least psychological. Fisker, we talked about. ARCT, uh, they had some more news as well. ORMP, another big gainer this morning. And, yeah, 3D we talked about. MC we talked about. A lot of these are just smaller biotech plays. Big losers. I'm looking at KPLT number one on my on my scanner uh, this morning. My movers tool and Minting Pro. Catapult Holdings. We have a headline. Earnings. Okay. Metro Mile. We discussed ID parts. IDs down 18%. SDC. We discussed. Oh, Squarespace. See, Squarespace was interesting, right? Let's talk about Squarespace for a second because this was a good report. Um, that EPS number is not comparable, right? But the sales beat. 
Uh, and the, the Q3 sales guidance was in line. The fiscal year sales guidance was also in line. But again, this is a work from home play, right? Staying home play. When Squarespace fits in the camp is like, can they possibly maintain the growth rate of the last year and a half? Probably not, right? Probably not. And I think those those guidance numbers also implied slower growth than the prior quarters. But I mean, I think it's a good business. It's just can they can they maintain that growth? There's no way. And they probably said as much on the call, honestly. Right. This has been not a great IPO. What's what's the IPO price on this? Just we got to have this on our radar because if we're gonna Adam Aaron's on it on CNBC. If anybody cares, um, Squarespace opened at forty eight. Why don't we have? Ah, oh, that's annoying. Okay. Well, we're we're below that now. We're going to be at an all time low here this morning. So, not great. Where will Moderna stop, Saeed? I, that's the question, isn't it? I should close. We we should all just close our eyes and buy Moderna together. I've been saying that for like three weeks, and I've done jack about it. Maybe I'll take like a thousand dollars and buy some buy buy two shares of Moderna. I don't know. I really don't. <sighs> the FOMO is real, guys. The FOMO is real. Let me catch up on the chat. Fisker, Syed, we uh, re- rewind the show about 40, 50 minutes. We talked about Fisker already. Uh, uh, more crypto is being dropped. Okay, let me write them write them all down. Token. Catching up, catching up on my chat. What I miss? Telcoin? I don't never even heard of that, but all right. By the way, guys, we will be covering. Uh, if you are super into the crypto um, altcoin DeFi space, we've got uh, two shows dedicated to that. Moon or Bust airs Monday, Wednesday, Friday at. 2 o'clock Eastern time. And then the roadmap is our new NFT show that it was going to air today at 3 o'clock Eastern time. Speaking of today, here's the plan. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get this show's going to end, right? Normal pre market prep. We got David Green, normal David Green until 11 o'clock. SPACs tack, normal till, till noon Eastern time. After SPACs, we're going to do Power Hour, but we're going to do uh, our afternoon block all in the same stream. So Power Hour, Get Technical, Crypto Show, Biotech Buzz. Uh, the roadmap at the close and uh, Money Mitch and Cannabis Insider. Everything from 12 to 5 is going to go one long stream. We're experimenting, seeing what happens. We got some good feedback on on what we did last Thursday, so we're going to try it again today. So usual shows, all normal shows, but one long stream, 12 to 5 p.m. Eastern time. That's the plan for the day. Do-do-do-do. I'm new to investing. Any ideas? James Martin. That's a big question. That's a heavy question, James. Uh, I, I I think if I could go back and start over, uh, what I would do is, and this, this is, I've, I've thought this is generally good advice, is pick a company that you know 
that you've heard of, that you use, that you're a customer of, that you like, a brand that you like, right? And take a little bit of money that you money that you can afford to lose, right? And buy that stock, whatever whatever it is, doesn't matter as long as you're it's a brand that you you know and you're a customer or, or a user of, buy that stock and use that as your entry into the the stock market, right? And understand why stocks go up versus why they go down. Uh, with a with a business that you know, not don't pick some random company that you've never heard of before. Pick one that you know, and use that. Take a small amount of money and use that as your entry. That that's probably what the the best advice that I would give to someone who's just starting out. Uh, my other my other serious advice would be make your first purchase a a broad index fund like SPY or VOO, and then go from there. That would be my um my my other serious advice for you. Um, but I, I do think it's a good idea to pick a stock, pick a company that you know, that you understand, and you know their business, buy that stock, and then that will help you. Um, if you want, you can always get uh, James a free two-week trial of Benzinga Pro. This is our research platform, pro.benzinga.com. Free two-week trial for everyone. Link up on the screen, pro.benzinga.com. I also want to mention, and I mentioned this last week, um, if by chance you also listen to the show via podcast and you've always listened to the show via SoundCloud, uh, we our show is basically no longer on SoundCloud because SoundCloud sucks. But what you can do, and I'll show you where you can find all of our podcasts, if you listen to this, whether it's this show or it's any of our other shows that are available as podcasts, here is where you go. Benzinga.com slash podcast. That's it. Benzinga.com slash podcast. All of our podcasts are available on this page. Raz Report, all of our shows, the Ring the Bell show that Aaron Bree and I do, Money Mitch, his watch list that he does every morning. Benzinga.com slash podcast. Pure Market Prep is here as well. Right there. Again, benzinga.com slash podcast. Good old public service announcement. Uh, so yeah, um, any new investors, again, Benzinga Pro uh, is, you know, it's it's free for two weeks and you can you can talk to our team. You can have them help you. And if it's not for you after that, then it's not for you after that. That's fine. What is the difference between the Weeble scanner and the Benzinga scanner? Oh man. And also listen to the show, obviously. Listen, listen to the show. Uh, I don't know because I don't use the Weeble scanner. So I don't know. Can't help you there. Da, 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 da. Nature Bound says there's too many variables to for a responsible answer to that question. No, I think that I think my answer is like pretty even keel, right? I think that's fair advice to someone who's totally new. Pick a stock you know or a company that you know and, and buy it and then just observe it, right? The point is not to make money on your first trade. The point is to learn. I think it's I think it's reasonable. That that's what I would tell my like my my kids, right? If I had them. Is pick a stock that you know and buy it. And you and I will buy it together and we'll watch it. I think that's pretty safe. If it, again, with us with the money you can afford to lose in the first place. If you can't afford to invest, if you're barely paying your bills, then then you can't afford to invest. Then don't do it. Right? Only invest what you, what you can afford to lose. You now think of it like a 
personal finance ladder, right? You got to pay your bills first, get to pay down your debt second, invest third. Not everyone can afford to invest, and that's fine. Um, but, 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 okay, it is 9.19. Yeah, paper trading is a good idea, too. I, I, I've, I, that seems to be like a, 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 a dividing thing. Some people will think paper trading is not good because you got no skin in the game, but others think it's really good. I'm, I'm, I'm more of the, uh, the latter. I would advise paper trading, uh, to start out, but there's no real right way. It's, 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 it's whatever you feel is right. Anyway, okay. Um, it is 9.20. <laughs> James, you have no debt? Great. If you have no debt and you can afford it and you're paying all your bills, then yes, you should be investing. Seriously. Um, but understand the difference between investing and trading, right? Uh, this show that, that you're watching is mostly, mostly, not all the time, but mostly a trading-focused show. Um, I am definitely more of a long-term investor and have thoughts on that. But those other guys, Joel and Dennis, have more thoughts on on, on day trading. Okay. I think start a Roth IRA and trade in it. That is not a good idea, theater guy. But seriously, you should start a, you should, if you don't have any retirement accounts, this is a general PSA. If you don't have a retirement account, a, ta- a tax manager account, get one. Okay. A 401k, Roth IRA, whatever the equivalent is in whatever your country you're in, get that. Okay. Make that the first thing that you do. Retirement accounts first. Um, brokerage accounts second. I'm amending my advice. That's, that's my, that's my step one. If you have a 401k through your employer, get that. Absolutely. If they have a match, it's free money for you. Where is Triple D? He gone, man. He gone for the day. And I'm going to be gone as well in like a minute. I'm going to wrap it up and David Green's going to go live. So this stream will end and it will redirect to David Green, who's going live in like four minutes. Okay. Uh, That being said, please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. Thanks to our guest. I hope you guys liked him, JP Lee. Uh, I'm you know, trying to get new blood on the show all the time uh, and got some good feedback from that. Seemed like you guys liked him. I like JP. I think he's great. He's, I mean, he's obviously bullish gaming, right? That that's, that's his, that's his thing. I don't expect him to not be bullish. I expect him to be able to explain why the industry is getting hammered right now. And I think he did that. Uh, so uh, JP is a uh, product manager at Van Eck and I uh, thought he was great. So thanks to JP, JP for joining us today on the show. Thanks to all of you in the chat. Um, okay, I'm done. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 